As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Oracle Network. Hello and welcome to All Comics Considered, the comic book podcast with a heart of gold, proudly part of the Oracle Podcast Network, beautifully edited by the wonderful Steve Jacoby. Uh, and this week we have special guest Warren Williams, director and Chicagoan extraordinaire, who is going to help us break down uh, the the race and family issues that we have had with Falcon the Winter Soldier, also tell us a lot about his life in the city, and we're also going to do a whole review of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the Winter Soldier. This is my third beer of the night. I might be slurring a little bit, but let's not let that stop us. Warren, Tim, Nick, how the hell are you? What is going on? I'm good, Doing brother. good. I got I got my second ouch, my second shot today, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> the band-aid's still on. I should probably take it off. It doesn't need to be there anymore. Uh and uh I don't have terrible side effects unlike other lesser of mortals. So I, I saw that shot, and I don't appreciate it. Um, <laughs> uh, Marty, if you're if you're slurring, you know what you should do. You should eat some Tostitos. <laughs> They'll sober you right up. I think Tostitos. It's, it's, yeah. it's a quality brand. I'm just going to throw that out there. Tostitos, Tostitos, Tostitos. I'm a big fan of Tostitos. It will go yeah. well with my... Um, what am I drinking now? <laughs> Off-color brewery, brewing cognac blackberry fox in the snow. It's a sour and it's very delicious. Ooh, that does sound good. It's very good. Um, All right. Let's get into the thick of it. A couple of episodes ago, uh, Nick and Marty had a difference of opinion from me, which is common. Happens all the time. Happens with increasing frequency. I don't know why. Um 
and what uh, the the root of the conflict was was Such this. A dick too. <laughs> it's, well, I only tell the truth. I only tell the truth, and I only lie. That's that's also true. Um, in the heart of the of the discussion or the conflict or difference of opinion, um, was when uh, Sam was talking to his sister about uh, saving the boat and saving the business, and. He was very strident in trying to convince her that it was the right thing to do. He wasn't taking no for an answer. Um, and, uh, and, and Marty and Nick at that time said his approach uh, bordered on or fully encapsulated uh, sort of a misogyny um, because he wasn't listening to her, her objections. He was kind of railroading her, talking That's over fair. her, et cetera. Uh, my objection was, it's hard to put it in a, in a nutshell, but my objection was it is impossible for us to, uh, to judge uh, accurately uh, the family dynamics of a black family because none of us are black. Um, and I went on to say that it's, it's a bitter pill to swallow uh hearing that uh, Sam was uh, misogynistic because once you pull out a word like that, that becomes the totality of someone's identity. Now they're a misogynist or they're a racist or they're something ist, And we can't do that to a person, to a character like Sam because it's, it's unfair and it doesn't, it sort of taints what we're trying to achieve, uh, which is having a hero uh, of color uh, being prominent. Right. So th- that was, that was the essential conflict. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to like do your argument real quick before I hop on in this? No, you, because I've all, changed feel... my mind. <laughs> okay. First of all, Nick and Marty, do you feel like I fairly portrayed yeah. the argument? I think I think you yeah. fairly portrayed the argument. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I have a different take on like, um, racism and misogyny in the sense that like. If you if you do something that is racist, if you do something that is misogynistic, if you do something that is like is that does like for me, it's part and parcel of being human. We grow up in a patriarchal society. We grow up in a capitalist society. We grow up in a racist society. These things are going to happen. Um, I don't think Sam is a misogynist. I think Sam not listening to his sister was. To say misogynistic was wrong, patriarchal, I feel, is a better is a better so that, word to use. That is what I'm what I'm sort of changing my my mind to. Um, so I read your I read your your argument in Slack, Tim, um, talking about the idea of generational wealth, talking about um, the idea of you know being able to build power, a base of power. It resonated with me. It's stuff I'm familiar with. It, I wasn't thinking about it when I was watching that scene. It wasn't foremost in my mind. So I, I and and I think that you're absolutely right that that once you bust out the word like misogyny, that is a brush that you tar someone with, right? And that's hard to peel off. Um, so I think that I was too harsh in my judgment of, of using that word. Um, I think that he was he was patronizing, um, and I think he was patronizing in in the way that an older brother can be patronizing to his little sister, um, and I loved the way that they resolved this plot. Um, 
I thought that I thought that, that was like it led to really really strong scenes in the final two episodes. I, so I completely uh, agree. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pulling back from the misogyny. Yeah, I was gonna, it, it very much feels as though it's it's not a misogyny thing. It's just sort of uh, Sam sort of is a control freak and feels like he needs to save the world. And like with sort of everything and like the world for at that point to him was just like this boat. Now the boat's like, it's like that boat and Sokovia are on the same level of like sort of urgency to Sam. Right. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's half-heartedly addressed, I would say like that sort of element of him, like sort of just like not, um, not being able to differentiate the two, but it does have a, it does have a conclusion with the, with the water pump that him and Bucky decide to fix. And she's like, no, this is mine. I'm taking care of this. Get the fuck out. I told you it wasn't the water pump. You didn't listen. It's yeah. not the water pump still. Get out of here. Go, go say, go fly away and save the world. Go, you know, like. So- I, I had not thought about the term control freak in terms of like, I had not put that to Sam. And the second you said that, it completely like snapped in my mind. Like that's why he's a therapist, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, it just it it wasn't executed very well. Like the all the pieces are there for it to be done. Um, but I, like at sort of a grander scheme, right? And I have two sort of big arguments. Like it's a plot device, right? That argument, right? It's the sole reason is to show that like. Sam Wilson lives in a world where racism exists. So how do we do that? We got to show the boat, right? What have you, right? But I think sort of if we want to talk about sort of misogyny in the MCU, I think we need to have a conversation about like sort of sex in the MCU and the fact that there really isn't any. And so like, do they mm-hmm. even live in a society that has patri- the patriarchy, right? Because like, there's a, I was reading a very fascinating article where it's like everyone is hot in the MCU, but no one's horny. Yes. <laughs> And I've like, seen this article. It is it's fucking it's fucking strange. Like that all like like Anthony Mackie's like cut. Sebastian Stan's cut. Like these guys these are all attractive people. And the only time they mention like sort of sex is like Sharon Carter Cap or what's it the first Carter. Yeah, she Captain kiss, America. they kiss, they make out with Captain America. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, like so it's like, yeah, something to say. This this is such an interesting uh segue. Uh We'll come back to the Sam and his relationship in a bit, but I just want to talk about this for a minute. My good friend Stephen Barnes uh, talks about this at length. He says, when you take a look at the MCU, let's take a look at the romances as chaste as they are. Who are they? Well, you got uh, the big green guy and you got Black Widow. Okay. Hawkeye's got a wife. Captain America's got a couple girlfriends. Uh, Tony Stark's got Pepper. Who does, uh, who does War Machine have? No one. Uh, who does who does Falcon have? Hmm. No one. Uh, so the only people that have any sort of uh, hints at romance are just white people and people of color. That's not part of the of the uh, the makeup. So it's an incomplete story, right? It, it, it doesn't humanize uh, people of color in in the MCU. And I I don't find fault with what he's saying. I think he's correct, and it's weird, and I don't like it. It's it's strange, I, and you also have to almost even look at it in the context of like black people were just almost exempt from the MCU until like what phase two. I mean, there was, there's war machine. So like Terrence Howard, like Bucky is just like finally flirting with someone. 
Flirting <laughs> so. with Sam's sister. Ooh. Yes. Like the sexiest For- moment in the MCU is when Peggy Carter, yeah, Peggy Carter reaches out and, and like strokes Captain America's peck when he comes out. And that was yeah. unscripted. Yeah, and it was like before Disney got onto it because yeah. I think Disney would never let something like that like fly. So let's just make the the disclaimer that yes, we all realize we're all four guys or male presenting people <laughs> yeah. talking about this. <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to take two steps backward because like I'm not just inviting Warren because he's my black friend from Chicago. He's not a token person. Like Warren, who who are you, and how did we you and I meet? Yeah, word. Uh, I'll go with how we met first. So we met yeah. because uh, we organized together, um, and me and Marty just hit it off. It's like, oh, you watch comic shit? I watch comic shit. And look, <laughs> has these conversations go? But yeah, no. Um, I remember I hear remember hearing about this. I was like, oh, I'd love to be on because like I do the movie stuff. So yeah, I yeah, I don't think I'm the token like sort of black friend. It's just like I'm very good at sort of dissecting stories and like this is just my job and like. I've been in the industry for 10 years now. Um, I've been a commercial director for about four or five years. I've been an editor for pretty much that whole time. And like, just when you, when you're an editor, you just have to really pay attention to like weird cues and like uh, just the nuances of things and like what you need from a scene and what you don't need from a scene and like how you shoot a scene. Right. So uh, my girlfriend is, tells me I'm very infamous for shooting the female gaze, even though I'm a male director, which I find like fascinating. So she's like, yeah, you always shoot things like, like how do you really get at those MCU movies? Cause I can shoot a man body very well. <laughs> 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 so Kevin Feige, let's get some Tostitos together and like make some stuff. Make it happen. Tostitos off color brewing, Warren Williams, Kevin Feige, make it happen. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. When your girlfriend says movies, sexy. <laughs> when your girlfriend says that hey you're shooting from the female gaze do you understand what she's saying do you also see what she's saying so like it's it's strange because like uh when she first told me i i did not get it because i didn't even like the project all that much like i i uh it was for a, a t-shirt company right and they had, they had hired me to do a t-shirt ad and they ended up dropping the ad off of their uh social media because like they were getting comments is like, this guy's way too hot. And it's like this brand that's made for sort of uh puffier, just sort of dad bod, I think is their, is their thing now. And so, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you have a kid, if you do, congratulations. <laughs> oh, congratulations. That's wonderful. Um, we'll come back to that. Um, but yeah, so they were like going after this sort of dad bod thing. And I just shot like this sort of Calvin Klein, like this ripped guy and it's like all like this sort of like really sensual thing. And I was like, I didn't like the project. And my girlfriend is just like, this is like your best piece. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? This is awful. And she's like, Oh yeah, but you know, I would buy these for my boyfriend. And like, I was like, Oh, cause I shot a, I shot a commercial for her to buy t-shirts for her boyfriend, as opposed to the dad bod guy going out and buying a t-shirt. So she, she was giving you a, a behind the notebook compliment. She's saying you would fit in those, that hot guy's t-shirts. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Like uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give my girlfriend a kiss after this. Just for that. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, so yeah, like once I found that out, I started to like sort of really hone in, like weaponize it a little bit. If it's like, cause like there's just really not enough advertisements aimed at women for that. And for me, I always thought that was silly. They're half the goddamn market. Dude, <laughs> lingerie commercials are aimed for dudes. Like, yeah, like, why? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> makes no fucking sense. Like, and like, I think women just get like sort of weird dove ads telling them that their bodies are okay. Like, yeah. Do you feel uh, unfresh? That's like the 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 woman ad, right? Like, yeah. Oh God, yeah. But like, far as like sort of fashion goes, it's kind of boring for them. Um. So like, um. That's why like the whole like sex and sexuality in the MCU is very fascinating to me, just because it's like this is it's so, so prudish on how they like <laughs> shoot shit. So yeah, that's a that's a little bit about background. Any more questions for me, guys? Okay. Yeah, I do have one question. I was sure. talking to my buddy uh, Kevin about the racial dynamics, sort of the family dynamics when it comes to African American families, and he said to me, he said, and he's a black dude. He's like, if he said it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't misogynistic. What it was is that um, Sam's the older brother. If his sister was the oldest in the family, she would have all the say. So it has to do with pecking order of who's eldest and he would have to do what she said. And he's like, that's kind of what it is like in Asian families too. Right. I'm like, yeah, mostly, mostly it's the eldest uh, brother has to say, but, but it's similar. It's very much like that. Cause I'm the oldest brother and I like, I fuck with my sister, like Sam fucks with her. Like, <laughs> but like, there's so like, there's something to that. Like you guys haven't mentioned is like Sam constantly tells her how much of a hard hitter she is. Because, like, my sister will fuck around and deck me. <laughs> if I get out of pocket, like, she's done it before. Like, I'm, I'm 32 years old. My sister has no problem hitting me on the shoulder. <laughs> and so, like, you know, like, for me, I just sort of took that as, like, just this sort of, oh, this is how brothers and sisters are. They, they fuck with each other. It's, like, their thing. And, you know, like, um, I don't even know if it's necessarily a black thing. I... I don't know if they're very clear on when they lost their parents in relation to the sort of snap. So like, you know, uh, yeah. So like, you know, thankfully I have both of my parents uh, still with me, but from what I understand, like usually when those things happen, like when you're sort of dividing the assets, it can be a little tense in general after sort of parental death. Cause like the, your parents are like the sort of mediators um, and Sam owns part of the boat, right? Yeah. Does he? He does. He does. Okay, he does. All right. So, so the family, the mom and dad, just passed down all the assets to to the kids. Uh, so he owns part of the house. He owns part of the boat. He owns part of the business. So if we want to talk about like sort of a patriarchy, that's something to talk about because like his sister is very clearly the one who is who has been there from the jump. Because it sounds like Sam turned eighteen, went to the military did all this other stuff and like his sister's been doing that. So, I mean, if we want to talk about this sort of parental patriarchy, we can talk about that. Cause he didn't, you know, like he should not have this much control of the assets. Cause she stayed. Just, yeah. Like, he, you know. he was doing good stuff. He was living his life. You know, it's not like he was, he was like a, the prodigal son or something like that. Right. But she stayed. Yeah. And so I think, you know, like splitting the house. Sure. That's one thing. Right. But the boat, which seems to be the life the what's the what's the word I'm looking for? The it's the linchpin for the business. Yeah, like that seems that that should be an easy sort of Sarah. 
So one of the things that um, that I mentioned that that Nick actually touched upon is when I was thinking more about the scene, um, the fact that he was called Uncle Sam and he has young little nephew running around, that wasn't um, coincidental. That wasn't uh, an aside. That was a, a rooted part of the story. And I was saying that um, in order to build generational wealth, you have to have that house. You have to have that business. And that's what Sam was fighting for. Not necessarily for himself. He can go off and do more missionary work, with, uh, uh, not missionary, uh, mercenary work and, and get his bucks and stuff like that. But he wanted to make sure that his legacy, his, his, his nephew and his sister, had a way to, uh, to, to rid themselves and, and to, be, uh, to live a comfortable life. Of course, the boat was garbage, uh, so that was, it was hard to, to consolidate that. Um, and, of course, uh, doing it on themselves wasn't going to work out, so they involved the community, and that's what, that's what resolved it. Right. But um, before that part happened, I, I kind of zeroed in on the idea that uh, generational wealth has to happen. It's been a, a strong push um, in order to kind of keep some sort of continuity to families. So I, I think that's just really poor storytelling on the shows we have. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, right. Cause like, you know, like this, this is like sort of writing one hundred and one, right? They were too sort of focused on Sam being a black man as opposed to him being a a, a character, right? Because like it's it's you know it's easy smeezy, right? It's like why is the boat important to him, right? You sort of ask that question, like why is the boat so important for him to be saving? And if it's generational wealth, cool, great. Like let's make let's put that in the text, right? Because like with Bucky, it's super easy, right? Bucky's a very complex character. It's like he killed a bunch of people, feels real about it, bad about it, has some deep trauma, and wants to... He has a whole, like, full-on arc, right? And you get it. But with Sam, it's, like, all this sort of weird speculation. Right. Well, the one thing that Sam and Bucky have in common, and it's 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 almost... Hold on. You broke up there. Sorry. Uh, what I was saying was that the one thing that Sam and Bucky just have absolutely in common uh, is that they both are dealing with legacies, right? So Bucky's got to deal with the legacy of Cap... And, you know, he's sort of the uh, not tapped heir apparent, but he's trying to uphold his his buddy's legacy. And Steve liked Sam's- modern music. Why don't you like modern music? <laughs> Steve liked this. Why don't you like this? That was like the whole thing for him. Steve likes this. Why don't you like this? And then Sam has the, the, the burden of the legacy of trying to keep his family's name and business and all that stuff alive when it's struggling. And he's got the additional legacy issue of, well, he got handed the shield. What is he going to do with right. it? What a pain in the ass. And the, yeah, I mean, the legacies throughout this whole thing, right? Like, even John Walker is being handed the legacy of Captain America. Sharon Carter has the legacy of the Carter family. All of this, and even Zemo has his generational wealth and legacy. But like, I, the, the, and country, and yeah. And then there's the whole, uh, then there's the disruption, the blip, um, which is another thing that, well, I think we should put a pin in and come back to. Like, I I think that the argument for generational wealth would make a lot more would would resonate more. It makes sense and it resonates with me. But but I think that's a lot. It's not in the story at all. There's nothing that connects Sam's desire for generational wealth because he's bootstrapping it. Right? He's saying I can take care of this. I can take care I, of this. I, I disagree. Uh, the the the. The touch point where you understand this is a generational wealth building situation is his nephew. Yeah, but it's it's not like 
explicitly in the text. No, 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 no. It's all subtext. You're right. Yeah. So I, I think that's where uh, it fails a little bit. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna go for that, right, you got to just kind of lean it. It almost feels like if they wanted to do that, we needed another episode. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, what's of, weird about it is that is that they didn't do that in other areas. In other areas, they just said we're going to have an actual conversation. We're just going to have the conversation. We're going to say, "Hey, we had no idea what what we were doing when we offered the shield to a black guy. We had no idea what the complicated decision that that was going to be for you." Whoops, you know, like that, that's just not a thing that would have been in a show in like an MCU show ten years ago or fifteen years ago, right? Like, um. So they're like bold enough to start having some of those conversations, but it's like they're not investigating the surrounding, uh, I guess they're not interrogating the surrounding circumstances that leads to those conversations in the first place, right? Like generational wealth or, you know, um, uh, uh, how does Sam feel being... Uh, literally the most prominent cop in America right now, right? I mean, that's what Captain America is in a lot of ways. Yeah, I it's, it's like strange because like the MCU in the real world, they're almost like 10 years behind. And like, just to hop on your point of like, it's MCU would have never done this 10 years ago. Like you have to remember the person who was in charge of Marvel at the time said Don Cheeto was too black for war machine. So like just a little bit of cultural context. Right I'm there. super glad that Perlmutter is no longer in power. He's a, basically been shuffled to the side. Fuck that guy. Yeah. So, like, um, but like I put this in my notes actually with this, uh, program, it almost feels like this is 2009. Like the show came out and like, he feels like it has this very much like Barack Obama sort of early, like, we got a black Captain America. We solved racism. <laughs> and like, cause like watching it, I'm like, also like John Walker, I'm, I'm skipping ahead to my notes here. Cause since we're on this subject, but like John Walker is like sort of the perfect sort of Trumpian style fascist that they needed to sort of be the foil for um, Sam Wilson. But it seemed like they like chickened out somewhere. Cause like John Walker is very much like this fascist, like, ultra patriotic like they, white nationalist kind of guy they sorry, gave yeah. the fascist uh, a redemption arc yeah yeah and, here's the and thing they, right they didn't they, they they did they did because he gets to uh, fight crime with the other superheroes at but the end. he didn't get a redemption that's the thing like his story was really weird it was like they couldn't decide which way they wanted to go with it. They couldn't decide whether or not they wanted him to be redeemable and redeem him or whether or not they just wanted him to be, you know, captain fascist, you know, America with three K's. And instead they did half of each of them. Hmm. Yeah. Cause it's I'm not angry. like he's redeemed. He's just, he feels he, like, yeah, I'm back in the game, baby. Like, right. He feels redeemed when when what's her name says all the stuff. You now are USA. But I think it's clear agent. to most of us that he is not. Like, he is it, not redeemed. It's it's tough. But like, just uh, I want to circle back to the fascist thing. Like, he doesn't even have a sort of clear fascist ideology or white supremacist because his girlfriend or his wife is uh, at least mixed race, right? So like, he's he's just sort of such a wasted character in this particular context. Because, like, you, yeah, it's just, like, if, if the show already feels dated. 
I mean, the other part of it is that he goes before the the council, whatever, and he yells at them. He says, "Look, I'm what you I'm uh, I made from what you wanted. This is all you." And I I, I kind of like that scene. I mean, you know, I, I like that quite and a bit. That's too. literally the only time he's truthful in the entire run of the show. I yeah, I really like the uh, the the actor Wyatt Russell. I think he did a, a great job with like mediocre stuff. Right, he basically was the Ewan McGregor of of this project, and I I'll be blunt. I love this show, but it's like I love Anthony Mackie, I love Falcon Cap, I love all of these things. Um, and there's some glaring flaws, and like I think it was I think it was Manu, um, who was talking on his show podcast Sons Frontiers, which you should listen to. They should also get a Tostitos deal. Um, Everyone should get a Tostitos deal. The Tostitos deals. You get a Tostitos deal. You get a Tostitos deal. Lore doesn't need it because they're already got, they got two TV shows on Amazon Prime, but um, John Walker shouldn't have saved those the 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 GRC people. He should have gone after Carly. That would have been way more interesting. Or, or if he was going to save them, it should have been more of a thing than just him saving them. There should have been some kind of edge to that scene. Um, also, he like murdered someone in cold blood. Like I'm assuming he decapitated that person with the shield. Same, same. It was something. It was something yeah. bad. Yeah, like... people are calling him decapitation America. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wow, I did not know that. I did not know that. I love it. So, like, I mean, like, you just like kill, and like everyone's like, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I found that the most believable part of this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like that uh, you know, guy, I, I mean, he was, he was in there. He was legitimately fight, fighting people that, that, that just blew a bunch of innocent people up. He obviously did the wrong thing. He obviously murdered an innocent guy that had Jack all to do with that. There's no way, no way the United States is punishing that guy for that. And the only reason that he got what he got was because it was a bad PR move. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm never gonna watch MCU stuff looking for uh, believability. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with that, do we want to talk about the? Because like, um, this goes back to my sort of film prowess. I don't. Did you guys see the new what's it? Uh, Shang Shang Su trailer. Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Yeah. What is it? I've never heard of this person before. Shang Chi. So Shang Chi was uh, created in the in the late '60s, early '70s. And he was basically the answer to uh, to Bruce Lee and um, Kung Fu Cinema, right? Uh, where we had black exploitation, we had Luke, we had Chang Chi, and uh, I don't know what you'd call it, Ching exploitation. Um, and so he was uh, a super spy. He worked for M sixteen. He eventually emigrated to the states. He became sort of a superhero, wandering the land like um, Kung Fu, right? That guy, and um, he is called the Master of Kung Fu. And that's his whole thing. He he's the best martial artist in the Marvel universe. He's trained uh, Steve Rogers. He's trained Spider Man. He's trained other people to be uh, better fighters. And that's that's him in a nutshell. His dad was originally Fu Manchu. They changed it, so his dad is now the leader of the five ring or the ten rings, uh, which you see in the original uh, Iron Man movie. Uh, the ten rings is a gang, uh, a worldwide gang that does criminal stuff. His dad has raised uh, Shang-Chi to become the criminal overlord when uh, his dad dies. Uh, Shang-Chi rebels against that, of course, because he's a hero, and he's got to fight his dad. And uh, that's that's his original story in a nutshell. 
All right. His Thank big you. thing is that the Iron Fist power is just one of his special moves. Like he can oh, just so he's, he's got yeah. like a bunch of shit going oh, on. Yeah, that's true. The ten rings represent ten styles of martial arts or ten styles of kung fu, uh, and it gets complicated in the comics. He knows nine. He learns the tenth one. He becomes ascended or whatever. But uh, that's overthinking it. Basically, he's Bruce Lee for the MCU. Gotcha. Yeah, if we, if we so, really wanted to get weird, we could talk about what John Hickman does with him in the Avengers just before not. the end of Secret War. Uh, that's, War. That's We're not, not going to do that. What was your you question know, I, about that guy? I appreciate I, that. Uh, no, that's so like I watched the trailer and I like the first thing I, I thought was like visually, this looks like shit. Like it is just a an ugly. It looks cheap, right? Um, and I was like doing research on like why it became a thing. But when I was watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, just on a production level, it is easily the best looking TV show I've ever seen in my life. Just like far as it's like just straight production value, right? But yeah, and like I was watching it with my girlfriend, and like the first ten minutes, like Falcon's flying through the Grand Canyon and doing all this stuff, and she's like, "This is a movie we're watching." I thought we were watching a TV program. Um, and it turns out, like I think we all know this, but like the United States government is backing the shit out of this movie. Yeah, so it's a it's a big thing with these Marvel movies. Like the the DOD comes in and gives them a ton of money. They have, they get script approval. Um, and sometimes the FBI can like look at the, the they can screen it before it comes out. So like the sort of weird right wing things with John Walker were probably stamped out by the the DOD because if you look at his posters, there's clearly a United States Army pin in the right corner of them. Like it's like very noticeable. So you know. So he, we might have gone further into his weird right wing paradigm, but the fucking government was like, no, 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 we don't want all that. Yeah, that's probably why the government didn't just give him a slap on the wrist, be like, all right, you're suspended for two weeks, don't do it again. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they pulled back a little bit after um, the Capitol um, assault as well. I, I assume all this stuff was filmed way before that, though. Well, because there was supposed to be a vaccine subplot with the Flag Smashers yeah. that they completely took out. So, I mean, the Capitol could have. They're talking about bringing that in as a supplement on the comic side. Maybe it'll be a digital thing. But, um, yeah, because the Flag Smashers in the comics are something are a little bit different. Um, John Walker is still an asshole in the comics. but so So one character we haven't talked about, and I'm surprised that we haven't yet, is Carly, right? So Carly is our, our radical person of color who wants uh, the world to be a better place. She doesn't want borders to happen because that just leads to you know, international conflict. And, and the world was better in her point of view uh, when uh, Thanos did the snap because the world was joined together. People were all one people. Um, I don't hate her message. I just hated her, uh, her methods. Is is Kevin Feige like a secret fucking leftist or some shit? Because like this is this is like the second villain where it's just like. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Yeah, right. They're the good like, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think even more so than John Walker or like like listening to things that are disappointing about the show, like some of the fitting on, on I love the suit, but I understand the criticism about like the end scene, the, the, the Wakanda Captain America outfit. It's also missing a helmet. He's flying in the air and he doesn't have a helmet. I love it. I love the suit. Are we still talking about Carly? We're talking about caps. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to that. I'm tying it all, all right. together. These are the, the, the things that disappointed me. Um, or that I've heard but dis- were disappointing. The suit, so you either love it or you hate it, right? Um, uh, John Walker's arc, disappointing. Uh, I am the, what disappoints me more than anything else is the fact that we don't really get to, like, it's not as clear as it should be about, like, why Carly has such a dramatic, violent turn. Because, like, we talked about it last time on the show, uh, and I kept my mouth shut about, like, violence isn't the answer. Um, the way I read it, like it was a, the, the GRC was withholding stuff from the people and her mom died from it. And that drove her to blow stuff up. And you know what? I get where that feeling comes from. Um, I really get that. that, That's the same thing. That's, that's all emotion. That's uh, what Tony Stark did and tried to kill Bucky after it turns out that Bucky killed his mom. I, I I get it. Which is, you know, yeah. Uh, oh, no, I thought she like she's like easily my favorite character, and I wish they had devoted more time to her. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's so fucking good, and like I get it, like every like, like that's like that's the problem with the show is it's like the bad guy is actually saying the right shit, right? Um, right. Uh, I read an interesting article about. Um, the problem that the MCU has with bad guys, they keep giving us these incredibly relatable bad guys and then halfway through the movie or, 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 or like the TV show, they're like oh crap, the bad guy's actually right they're the good guy. Now we need them to have something, to have them do something egregiously, absurdly, insanely evil in order to show everybody that they're actually the villain and that they're bad, right? But like it- <laughs> So it's so hold on, this is gonna sound strange. But like Carly literally kidnapped half of Congress or the GRC. And like according to America, like half the country thinks that's okay. Unless they're black. Well they're black, so that's probably like that's the problem. Um 
Um, I'm not saying that kidnapping Congress is okay. I want to make that very clear. Kidnapping, we here are against violence. We're committed to uh, nonviolent. Re- I am committed to nonviolent revolution. We had to promise that at one of our organizing events. They, uh, <laughs> they kept doubling down on how bad those people were. The first time we see the Senate in session, the guy's like, do we even need to vote? Right? Like, come on. Well, it's like it's like the first thing you see people do is like dick over uh, Sam. Right, yeah. We're going to take the shield and we're going to put it away. And then like like an hour like some, later, yeah, it's like, like he gets home and shit. turns on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, my wife's response to that was like, oh, hell no. Like it was and that was I loved I, I did. I, I did really like that. It was cheap, but I loved it. Like, yeah, that's how you get them tuned in. I just wanted to throw out a dispute here, okay? When Sam first appears in the Captain America uniform, here's the thing. I've re- wait, just wait a second. Uh, I didn't even notice because it was so natural to me. It took me about three heartbeats to go, "Oh shit, that looks so good." But since I've read I read the comics, in the comics that is, it's a comics perfect outfit. I was just like, "Yeah, that's that's normal. That's how good yeah. it was. It was so normal." I, I, me citing that as a thing that people are complaining about does not, is not to show where my allegiance was. I cried because, okay, the remember, so the remender, when remender introduces Sam as Cap, it is the only good part of his entire fucking run. Cause then he devotes the rest of his 12 issues pretty much to the development of the new nomad. And it's a white kid that was raised in Dimension Z by Steve Rogers. I don't give a fuck. Sam as Captain America is what I wanted because Sam does cool shit. And that's what I wanted. And like, even, even, um, this, this is the most controversial thing I'm going to say, but it's more comics related. Nick Spencer does a better job with Sam Wilson, Captain America. Um, and I think if, if they allowed him to be a little, if he was a little bit more bold, a lot of the problems with secret empire would not have happened, but that's a different story. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, that's my I, take on the costume. I also love the costume. I think, yeah. So I was watching, I was watching it. And I was like, something feels off about this costume and it, I had to watch. So I like, before I came over, I like her on this, I like just literally got done watching like the last three episodes. So it's just fresh enough. <laughs> um, and it dawned on me. It's like the only MCU scene that takes place at night. Yeah. Where and yeah. like you never see the suit in the daytime, and I think that's for a reason because those suits do not work at night. There's like during too much. The they work during the day because there's less colors, right? During the night, he's surrounded by reds and blues, so it kind of fades into the costume a little bit. I mean, that's the metaphor, right? Yeah, I mean, when he brings that, yeah, Carly yeah. down like an angel. Yeah, and no, the top I, lights <laughs> and the white lights and the blue lights are happening. It's it's he's the American angel. Bringing down the, the the defunct, you know, revolutionary. Yeah, I mean, it was. It works thematically, but the costume design <laughs> it does it doesn't feel like it was like designed for night, like the, the the like so. Zach Schneider, right? You guys saw the Schneider cut and the OG cut. No. Okay, so. In the, in the, in we're very the, bad at this. We've got no. We've right. got some. We've got some opinions about uh, the Schneider verse. So. I, I, I wanted. I want to do a Snyder. I want to do a Snyder cut, but Nick uh, Nick won't, and I want to do it, but I have to be completely wasted to do it. And I will. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to. I am willing to sacrifice my liver for the podcast for this. 
but I don't I don't I know if I got four hours in me. Maybe in two two hour blocks. It took me three, <laughs> it took me three days to watch it. I should do not. Like, but uh, so when Joss Whedon took it over, the costumes looked like shit because they mm-hmm. lit them wrong. So like you design a costume in these pictures to be lit a certain way. So it feels like they designed the costume to be lit in the daytime. And then they were like, oh shit, this film is at nighttime instead. Mm. So that's like my only, which is like weird fucking film guy shit. Like, <laughs> beef with it. <laughs> I assume that in phase four, we're going to see Cap doing yeah. Cap stuff, leading a new Avengers team. We're going to see him in all his glory during the daytime. It'll be fine. I'm oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did. I did like the costume. It was like, but, and but I, it was I so love the costume. It was so comics accurate that it was just. Yep. I actually uh, I created a new group called OMFG MCU. I took a side by side of the comics and the still of him, and it's identical. Yeah, basically. it is what Daniel Acuna designed. It's great. Um, it, the only yeah, I was going to say you know, what I really, really, really appreciate is that they're not shying away from the comics costumes. Yeah, yeah. unlike say the new Black Widow uh, joint that's coming out. Where they fuck over, um, you know, the bad guy, Taskmaster. Task He's got a motorcycle uh, helmet. They like like reverted back to being a, a straight. You know, let's uh, say straight out of 1995, right? Yeah, they're yeah. embarrassed of the superhero yeah. costume, so they're gonna pull them back. And I'm like, come on, come on, yeah. it looks so good. That's we want cool. the purple. We want the purple costume and the white skull. That's what that's we want what, with Taskmaster. That's what's cool about these TV shows. I feel like they're just like going like full tilt boogie with all of this stuff. They're just like. Let's bring out the obscure, like, Flag Smasher. Like, let's bring him out. Fuck him. <laughs> right. What's that, Laughing Tiger or whatever? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Contessa. The Contessa is a, is a very, like, that is a... She's a pretty deep cut. She's she, a real deep cut. She is not a deep cut if you are into reading Nick Fury comics. She's everywhere. Yeah. She's a big one. That's true. That's true. The, I, the thing uh, is, and, like... And honestly, God, Deep Cut is Cloak and Dagger, which they also treated well. Yeah, so it's like, but they they all look great, and they're all like just the minus like I, I hated Daredevil, but we probably, <laughs> I, I oh hate, no, I fucking, I fucking hated Daredevil. <laughs> Let me just oh, do a quick no. aside. Let me just do a quick aside. Uh, Daredevil was terrible because they didn't treat Asian people like Asian people. They just were props to be killed by a white guy. Yeah. All right, mic drop. I mean. uh... Also, it was like six episodes too long. Like, so just gonna throw that out there. Oh, um, but Captain America. Is this an intervention? Did you guys talk to Warren? Is this an intervention now? <laughs> look, look, Marty. Look, look. The last season of Daredevil sucked because we didn't get to see Matt in the fucking costume. Bullseye in the costume. That was garbage. I, I was curious about that. I was like, if I don't see Bullseye in this in this costume. I'm not watching the season and he's not in the costume. So I never no. have to watch it. All right, cool. No, he's I'm wearing Daredevil's costume. That, which is, which is, which is comics accurate to what they're riffing off of. Yeah. But we never I, get to see the goddamn bullseye costume, Marty. Yeah. We've already That's seen fine. Colin Farrell with the, the thing. And like, just, just <laughs> give, me, <laughs> give me a navy blue fucking bodysuit yeah. with bullseyes. That's his goddamn That's, name. That's all I need. That's that's this is two thousand and three, you know. I, that's I fucking fair. better be able to see goddamn new Wolverine in a fucking big black mask, mm. white eyeballs, whenever that comes out. That, that that's that's the line for me. I can't. This rant can't do brought that. to you by Silver City Brewery <laughs> Shadow Magic. Uh, 
alcohol, 9% by volume, one pint. I've actually uh, emptied this. Okay, good. Amen. I've, I have also finished my cognac beer, and I am um, feeling this. Am I the only one pacing myself here? No, I mean yes. I was, I was, I was in a, I was, or I was in a community organizing meeting literally two minutes before I opened up the Zoom for this one. <laughs> so I don't so, know. So, so as I'm sitting there like eating my tostitos, like being like, "You go, calf." You're like fucking bugging out. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, what were the other two things? So the the complaint about the costume was stupid and wrong. What were the other complaints? Uh, my complaint was with Carly because like, and uh, a good call back to that, Tim. Um, because and we talked about this offline, and so to bring it for everyone, um, when we talk about the blip, we have only seen it from like Nat's perspective. Um, as she's running the World Safety Council or wherever the hell it was, was Steve Rogers trying to put everything together. And we don't see anything about what happened during the blip. Um, and it's, it's such a quick scene where it's like, oh yeah, they were stockpiling. They had six months of medicine stockpiled that they weren't getting rid of. But like Carly's experience during the blip is what radicalized her. And we should have had something talking about this, making the connection with Mama Danya stronger. Like her name is Mama Danya. She raised 20, 30 kids. Um, in that, in, in, this, in these that. camps, they can't do that. They literally can't do that story. Do you know why? We can't get, oh, they can't do that whole story. I totally agree. Why? But like, no, why no, I mean, they can't even really reference it because if the world actually was better mm. in the, in the five years, that means the adventures didn't save the world. They kind of ruined it. Right. Um, yeah. They they can't take away the victory from, um, the Avengers. Yeah, no, that's fair. You also that's fair. You also can't do like a sort of weird. Oh, it, so I want to make it very clear. It does feel like the show is missing an episode. Same with like Carly. It feels like it needed just one more. Yeah, I agree. But I think you cannot in a movie that's like sort of funded by the Department of Defense have like this overtly leftist sort of like thing. Because like that makes too much sense to have like because like you can easily make like Thanos snaps this girl who would be like what eleven. 12 yeah. both of her parents get snapped away right and then mama danya adopts her and adopts a bunch of children whose parents got snapped away and things are good and then all of a sudden her world is again shifted in her childhood like that would be that would make them too like sort of that would make the leftists sort of like too uh, relatable but what i will say is accurate is that a death squad literally killed all the leftists yeah. In the so like that's accurate. Yeah. Like fucking Baron Zemo doing his Baron yeah, Zemo bullshit. Just, mm-hmm. just yeah. So yeah. And th- I, those I wonder, guys were were literally innocent. Those guys didn't kill anybody. They didn't yeah. blow anything up. <laughs> they didn't hurt anybody. At the end they were they, like, I don't know if I'm down with this terrorism yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. They were all super yeah. uncomfortable with it. <laughs> that that yep. Baron Zemo doesn't care. He just wants to kill all super people. Because super people yep. killed his nation. Why wasn't he this effective with the Avengers? Because it seemed like that took him twenty minutes in jail to like organize. Because that. you can't blow up Thor; he's invulnerable. It wouldn't his, do anything. Would his butler was on vacation during that week of the. Uh, <laughs> 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 his Alfred. Oh God, that is so true. It's so true. What, what is it with these rich guys? Because it's like Bruce Wayne, Baron Zemo. Like, what is it with them having like old, old, decrepit like butlers? father figures? 
Is it father figures? Because like, yeah, like these guys need to retire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very sense. briefly in the next uh, in the next uh, phase four of and the MCU, we got Black Widow coming up. Who cares? We got Shang Chi. I care a lot, even though it looks like shit, according to Mister Williams. Just just visually, just visually, just visually. <laughs> it just looks have, bad. We have Eternals that has a boatload of people of color. We have Spider Man No Way Home. I don't know anything about it. We have uh, Doctor Strange. I don't give a shit. Uh, we have Thor: Love and Thunder with a female Thor, Jane Foster's Thor. That's interesting. We got Black Panther two, uh, in which I read an interview saying how they're going to be treating the death of uh, Chadwick uh, with very uh, with a great deal of respect. But we don't have any details yet. We have Captain Marvel two, uh, where we hopefully we'll be seeing more of Monica. We've got Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Big question mark. Who knows? Blades coming out. Can't wait for that. Uh, and then we have the Fantastic Four or TV series. We got Loki coming up. What if Ms. Marvel uh, starring a Pakistani American girl, Hawkeye, uh, a white girl, Moon Knight, an insane Batman ripoff. We got She-Hulk, everyone's favorite, you know, um, superpowered attorney, uh, aside from stupid Daredevil. Okay. Secret- All right. Hold shut on. Up, shut up. Hold I'm not on. done yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> we got Secret Invasion. It's going to be starring uh, Nick Fury. We have Ironheart. I can't wait for that. Armor Wars, which I can give a pass on. We have the Iron Groot com- uh, cartoon, which I don't, also don't care about. And then we have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. That should be fun. The big deal about the fourth wave, uh, about the fourth phase four, is we have so many more people of color. And I can't wait. I've been waiting for this for, for, for since I was a baby, since I was a child. And I've been reading comics. Wave four is all the stuff that Marvel canceled back in 2015. Right? Like 2015, when we first started the show, like, right when we first started the show, all of these lines of comics were starting, and we were, like, really, really into it and super excited. And then 2016 happened, and they canceled all of them, reverted back to all the old white guys, and started, and they made Captain America a Nazi. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That, that tracks. Uh, so th- this, yeah. is, this is all really cool, right? What my concern with the MCU has been lately 
um, is been their directors, right? So it, it's starting to feel very much like a TV show where they don't get these guys with vision. And it happens every once in a while. Like Ryan Coogler, who I think is like the next Spielberg, made a very cool... Look, look at his resume. Please, look at his resume. Please hire Ryan Coogler to make Star Trek. Please. That'd be, that'd be fun. He's he's the only person makes making um, aspirational science fiction right now. All science fiction right now is is post apocalyptic, edgy, super depressing kind of kind of kind of crud, right? And then you watch Black Panther and you get this aspirational science fiction, right? Yeah, like it's incredible. Um, Nick, but- I, I feel, really feel like that John Favreau is doing a good job. I don't want him to, to put his hand off the wheel. Yeah, the Mandalorian was great. That's all I'm saying. That's oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, but yeah, so there's like there's Ryan Coogler, there's John Favreau, right? Who's also like a very sort of talented director. And then you could you can kind of say Ta- Taika Waititi, and then uh, who's the guy who did uh, Ant Man? Was supposed uh, to be Edgar Wright, but he he failed dropped, on the project. Yeah, the the, the, the director for Ant for Ant Man is Peyton Reed. Peyton I don't Reed's- know a lot about. He's got like some good, like strong comedic chops, but like the rest of these guys are kind of scrubs who they have like coming in. Like the Russo brothers are kind of like they're very good at like sort of uh, we call this uh, traffic traffic cop directing, where you're just like more or less keeping everybody happy. Um, mm. But like they don't have a real like sort of unique vision. Like if you actually, uh, Civil War is another movie that looks like shit visually. It just looks like fucking garbage. Um, but I'm excited about Doctor Strange because Sam Raimi is going to be on the track. That's true. That's true. And, I forgot about and that. It's, it's going to be cool to sort of see like what a veteran director does in the MCU. Because like you can't push around Sam Raimi like you can the Russo brothers. Or uh, who's the Spider-Man guy? Oh, I don't remember. Um, Honestly, it was... Uh, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home director with John Watts. John Watts, right? You could, you could push around John Watts to be like, this is your first big Hollywood picture. It'd be like if I if I got hired to do one of those things. <laughs> I'm like, yes, sir, Mr. Feige, whatever you want. You, you, want, you, want, you want Mr. Fantastic to poop uh, silly string? Whatever, fine. <laughs> I will be dumb. Point the camera that way. <laughs> Oh my god! But like, so if they start really getting some like interesting directors behind some of these, that would be a lot of fun for these sort of interesting characters. Taiki can't do it all; he's too busy. What's it? Who can't? Taiki. No, no, yeah, he's he's off in Australia making like weird Hitler movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of who who I want to see direct an MCU movie. I know he'd never do it. Just because he's talked so much shit, but like Scorsese, yeah, like, nah. like Aronofsky, I'd like to see an Aronofsky MC. That'd be movie. fun, be, yeah, yeah. Or even the guy who did, uh, who's doing the Batman, because he did those Planet of the Apes movies, which are really good. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, I got it. Uh, Shang Chi, The Master of Kung Fu, which would be the second movie would be directed by John Woo. Come oh on. yeah, oh of course, Come yeah, on. of course, yeah. That'd be fun, yeah, of course. Of you have to give him guns, though, because like that's John Woo's whole thing. It's like, guns I mean, and birds. I'm telling you, <laughs> Shang Chi was a uh, super spy for M16, so could happen. So sure, yeah, yeah, right. I would buy the shit out of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh 
Oh man, <sighs> I'm excited. Yeah, I, I. Sorry, I lost my train of thought thinking about like being excited about the Phase Four stuff and being excited about Miss Marvel, being excited about um, what they're gonna do with uh, Shang Chi because like. Yeah, like Tim's enthusiasm about Shang-Chi is, is catches. Uh, it, it is, we were already planning to go infectious. see it together. Yeah, I, yeah, I, was, I, I was very yeah. so-so about it until Tim. Yeah. No, I'm super stoked for it. I, I've been waiting for decades for an yeah. Asian-American appearing uh, uh, superhero. Because if you think about it right now in the MCU, who are the Asian-Americans? Yeah, you can't give me an answer because they don't exist. They don't uh, exist. Yeah. Uh, we have... Uh, we have um, um, uh, the, the second Hulk. What's his name, guys? I'm gonna get Cho's oh, mom. Cho? Yeah. We oh have, right. Uh, yeah. Doctor Cho's appearance briefly, but no one knows who she is except for me. And that's it. That's all we got. We got uh, you know we got Bucky trying to go on a date with an Asian girl. We got uh, Iron he had Fist. trauma. We we have Iron Fist inexplicably uh, winning over the Asian girl with the sword, uh, Colleen Wing, even though she hated his guts, and then overnight she loved him. What the fuck it was weird. Um, all I want to know is this: Which uh, property should Robert Rodriguez, uh, you know, uh, direct? Ooh. Because he's the best, one of the best. I'm feeling Man Thing in the swamps with weird magic. I'm See, feeling Vo- uh, Doctor Voodoo, perhaps. I'm going Young Avengers on that because he has like the sort of kid thing that he's been yeah. trying to nail, like, a spy, uh, like a spy kids kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like Gambit. I'd be interested in seeing a Gambit movie from him. He does really interesting things set in the South with that culture. Um, Gambit and, and movie. Gambit, Gambit needs to feel dirty, and, and, and he makes good dirty movies. Um, I <laughs> also, I also don't true. want to, don't particularly want a Gambit movie, but um, I'm the one starting yeah. Chan Tatum with the. I'd love to see that accent though. <laughs> Um, I am excited. Like, I, I, you know what? I wanted to. I, I am excited when they start talking about who the the people are when they're going to start directing X Men movies because when there is something very special about the X properties and what they're going to do with it. I don't know where they're even going to mine for content when it comes to the X Men movies. Right? Are they going to actually go right like, into, look? I hope they go right in the Hawks box. Let's say it. Jesus, can you? Right Here's in. the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know if you can, because I think Hoxpox only works if you have 40 years of racism against mutants built up. No, you could just do an intro. For 30 years, mutants have been hunted for being mutants. Uh, Professor X and Magneto have now created an island utopia called Krakoa, and now the new era of mutants begin. They've just the they've just been of so X. absent. They've been so absent yeah, from so the MCU. Absent. I don't know if yeah. you can pull that off. You know, that's, start. that's always bugged me about the comics. Why aren't people like racist toward uh, like the Fantastic Four? Or they are sometimes. That the, they are sometimes. It just doesn't happen very often. And and almost yeah. every single time when they are when they are racist, it's par- as part of a mutant story. Yeah. Okay. So it's people, just... people don't hate the Fantastic Four because they're relatable because they're a family. They see this guy. They're and a they're rich. Family. They, yeah. They, yeah. They got. They got. Uh, they got social. They got community centers that they pump money into. Reed Richards is putting out technology for the people, so they love him. Right? Oh, okay. So it's just a classist thing. 
it's a class thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. And 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 inextricably, like they're also all white. You know, Stu, Sue Storm is a pretty white lady with two kids. Johnny it's, Storm is an attractive. The only one dude. that's not white yeah. is the thing, but he's also white. Yeah, yeah. but he's also Jewish. But, yeah. I was gonna say he's Jewish. Yeah, he's Jewish. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, the mutant stuff is going to be interesting, and I am excited for it. And I just want them to do it right. But like, I kind of agree. I want them to get to Krakoa. That's bold. Yeah. But like right now, going to Krakoa right now, phase four, like phase, that would be phase seven to get to Krakoa. You could do Krakoa, uh, Krakoa post blip if you really, really wanted to, but it would be very difficult to, to navigate. Um, and also all depends on like what they do with the multiverse stuff, which is also going to be weird. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to do something quickly because they're going to need a couple of, uh, name brand superheroes on this new roster. Cause right now they just got Spider-Man and Black Panther. Mm-hmm. For yeah, I believe yeah. So like, yeah, because like every other character is has got cult followings, but doesn't have like Iron Robert Downey Jr. brought Iron Man to this super tier list. Like Iron Man was never a top seller pre. He was always yeah. important, but never a top seller until Robert Downey Jr. was tied into it. Yeah, I remember knowing about him as a kid and being like, oh yeah, it's. Yeah. Iron Man. He builds He's got stuff. A suit. Yeah. yeah. Iron yeah. Man was one of my favorites as a kid because he was the only one that seemed like I could potentially do. I was never going to get superpowers, but maybe I could build a super suit. <laughs> yeah. But he, he was never bringing in like Batman numbers or anything. Yeah. No, no. But I, no. I think that uh, that Shang Chi is going to do fucking gangbusters. Oh yeah. Because yeah. that's yeah. this year too, right? Was yep. that July? September? Yeah. Or is it July? It's theoretically uh, supposed to hit right after uh, people are a lot of people are able to get back to the theaters. Yeah, it's gonna do. It's because uh, I mean, just like looking at how like movie tickets are going now, it's like the the black and the Asian market are just like. So the the release date for Shang Chi is September third, twenty twenty one. So it's, it's, it's right after that pandemic, like is like over over. Yeah, it's gonna be the summer blockbuster at the end of summer. Yeah, like. Yeah. And, it, and, like, if it does anything, like, uh, the only thing I can pair with, this is kind of racist, let me know if this is racist, is, like, crazy rich Asians. It's not racist. Um, but, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stupid-ass Asians were like, crazy rich Asians is our Black Panther. And then uh, other Asians like myself were like, you know what, actually, it's just about uh, really well-off Asians. It's not our Black Panther. <laughs> it's just talking. It's not talking about you know the, the Asians that are in poverty. It's not talking about Asians that are regular, not crazy Asians. It's just this sort of fantasy. So just hold on, because Shang Chi is our Black Panther. Okay, shut yeah, up. Yeah, Shang Chi is going to be. But if it if it like does anything like numbers like Crazy Rich Asians, Crazy Rich Asians had legs. Like I think yeah. it has the lowest weekend one to weekend two drop in history. Wow. So like that's impressive. Yeah, I mean, because I, I saw Ray Crazy Rich Asians in theaters, and I was like, man, these guys are crazy rich. They also <laughs> yeah. I saw it on an airplane. Yeah, <laughs> so crazy rich, uh, crazy rich Asians have brought in two two hundred thirty eight point five million dollars worldwide. What was um, that on a so... budget of like twelve dollars? <laughs> uh, I'm excited. I'm. I. I this, that's going to be cool. Warren, uh, last question here. Yeah. Um, if you were going to take on an MCU property, which one would it be? Hells yeah. 
<clears throat> I wish it wasn't MCU because, like, I I always wanted to do like a Zorro movie. It could be anything. You want to <laughs> do a Zorro always, movie? I always wanted to do a Zorro movie. Oh, or like th- or like the Shadow. You guys remember the Shadow? Oh with yeah, yeah. the power to cloud the minds of yeah. mortal men. That shit would be fun. Or like yeah. the Phantom. I used to fuck with that shit so hard when I was a kid. <laughs> Phantom would be kind of cool. But if I if would I you still do, cast Billy Zane? Oh yeah, cast Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know he's, like, fat and bally and all that shit now. I found out he just got, like, super cut to make that movie. Like, before it was, like, cool to get cut. Yeah. They had, like, the little Batman. Really? Yeah, they had the Batman sort of padding ready for him. And he's like, no, nah, I don't need that. I got cut. <laughs> I'm Billy Zane. Shredded, bro. Billy Zane, yeah. I'm just gonna, just gonna get cut. Um, This is tough. And so it would have to be in the existing MCU, so I'd have to be doing a sequel to something. No, 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 no. no. Do, do, Anything from Marvel? The MCU. If you want to do any, 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 any uh, uh, superhero movie. What am I saying? It's a Fantastic Four. You'd want to do Fantastic I Four. Knew oh, yeah. I knew it. I knew oh, yeah. it. Big question. Would you put Herbie the Robot in it? Of course I would put Herbie the Robot in it. I would, <laughs> I would Rocky Four the shit out of that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact from you, but the rest of the guys know. One of my favorite, probably my favorite superhero is the thing. Ben Grimm is my boy. Oh, fu- yeah. I used to get made fun of for reading uh, Fantastic Four in comic shops. You're like, you're reading these fucking guys? <laughs> but no, I, I love those. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely skip over the origin story. Everyone knows it. Everyone yeah, it's knows like, yeah. the yeah, story. Their origin story is also just boring. And kind of dated, too, because he went up there to go beat the, the, the commies. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. I. Mm. I've talked. We're not going to talk about my love of the fan, of John Hickman's Fantastic Four because, like, no one is doing it like John Hickman was. So, I get there. Yeah, I get. This has been weird. this has been so much fun. Warren. <laughs> that's, this has that's been how you a delight. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys for it's having me. I just have anytime. About, I just have oh. one thing yeah. to say about Falcon and Winter Soldier because we've kind of gone off on a, a oh, yeah. weird tangent here, which is fine, right? How much of the feels at that last scene of Cap? or Winter Soldier give you when they're just like hanging out Bucky's got the kids on his arms <laughs> so good that's it was, oh, God. so good I the was whole, like I want this to be my life like just just play whole, that scene on repeat the whole yeah. community scene like when the people show up to help with the boat and like the the barbecue at the end of it I was like this is so ham-handed you know like this is such ham-handed like symbolism but I'm eating it up anyway like um, <laughs> just I, give listen. me more my next organizing event in Bridgeport, I will be doing that. I, I just wanted to be bucket. there, lifting some lumber, eating some peach cobbler. Yeah, some fucking... crawfish. Like... Yeah, the the two girls hanging off of his arm. Just just <laughs> at the very end, when they become from frenemies to actual friends, it's heartwarming. I loved it. Yeah, it, it, it gave me very much uh, Age of Ultron, the scene, the, the only good scene in that movie. They're all just hanging out. Yep. Superheroes being... Being people. Yep. Uh, and that's been our show. Thanks for listening to All Comics Considered, the uh, podcast with a heart of gold. Uh, tonight we talked about Winter Soldier with uh, our new friend Warren Williams and Marty's old friend. Thanks for being on the show, Warren. Um. <clears throat> 
You can find me uh, pretty much nowhere on the internet. I'm legally Nick Fury. I'm producer Tim. You can find me at ApeStyle on Twitter and manning the All Comics Considered Facebook page. Uh, that was Marty. You can find me at Martifa G on Twitter and uh, also uh, manning the All Comics Considered uh, Twitter page. I'm Warren Williams. You can find me on Instagram at WarrenWilliams3 or my website WarrenBWilliams.com. Uh, Warren, before we go, do you have anything uh, coming up that we should know about? No. It's been no. extremely okay. slow. Um, I'm just... <laughs> I'm doing a shoot uh, on Sunday, but that's about it. But like, it's it's not a spectator sport film. It's uh, it's very boring. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll look for your uh, underwear ad on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys take care. Yeah, you as well. Thanks, you, thanks for listening. Um, please remember to rate, like, and subscribe us at any place where you consume your favorite podcasts. And uh, remember, action heroes, if you want to level up, you've got to go on an adventure. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.